0: This week's episode is brought to you by ThatKevinsmithClub.com. That's right, man. If you can't get enough of the sound of my voice, then you could surf on over to ThatKevinsmithClub.com. Join up so much more. ThatKevinsmithClub.com. What are you waiting for? Join the club. Hi, I'd like to bring this meeting to order with a brief prayer of thanks to our Savior. Our Batman, who art in Gotham, cowled be thy main. Now y'all know Kev Smith's a big old fat man, but did you know his favorite hero is Batman, the Dark Knight who punches dirty turkeys in the face? That's right, Cape Crusader, punch all those turkeys. Punch them in their turkey necks. So once a week now, this no flyless fat, fatty's gonna put the food down and get chatty about batty, and this turkey gets wordy about Gotham like it's a real place. He ain't got time for his wife or daughter. Catwoman's losing batman and carter go get a cape gazzetta you want a pussy on now <laughs> get ready turkeys we go on bat shit babbling about the bat with old kevin smith now here's the fat man who loves batman himself fat kev smith get on out here turkey welcome to fat man on batman i'm kevin smith uh very seldom kids can you ever add a spoke to the wheel once the cart's rolling uh, very seldom can you actually bring something new to the party and that goes double triple even for the batman universe it's few and far between do new additions come along that stick or make an impact uh raza Ghoul comes to mind uh, when they introduced him late in the comics but it's few and far between that can lay claim to a legacy uh that's that impacts the Batman universe in such a big bang way that it crosses over from its small origin point all the way across uh, every edition uh, that of, of the media that the bat universe touches, whether it be uh, toys, video games, cartoons, comic books, uh, no doubt sooner or later you're going to see a feature version. Uh it's it's rare. And even when we talked to Mark Hamill last week, Mark talked about when the woman behind the character opened her mouth, they the whole room was dumbstruck and in a great way. Uh because sometimes people open their mouths and dumbstruck a room, people like holy crap. That was terrible. This was the opposite, man, and we've heard Paul Dini talk about uh, the woman behind the character. Uh, Muse comes to mind. Uh, a lot of people say Muse, not J. Muse, my friend, but Muse, M-U-S-E. Uh, very seldom t- can the person who voices a new character, say in a, a cartoon or in the Batman mythos, uh, can also be the inspiration behind it. This woman, this actress, this comedian. Has impacted Batman in such a massive way that Harley Quinn, the character we're talking about, is almost synonymous. After trailing by 50, almost 60 years, some other characters like Batman and the Joker is instantly recognizable and and synonymous. And she hasn't even had a massive mainstream uh, appearance, uh, a.k.a. in the features yet. But video games, that shows you how powerful the cartoons and the video games are man and the comic books, because even DC buckled at one point and said, This character's awesome, man. We're gonna bring this character into our continuity. Um, it's if you're if you're an actor, an actress, you hope that one day you have a role that impacts as many people, that touches as many people, makes as many people happy, makes as many people stand up and cheer, impresses your peers uh knocks the socks out and 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 establishes something that'll be remembered long after the artist who put it together is has shuffled loose this mortal coil. People pray for something like this. And today's guest, without her, none of that exists. None of the, we don't have a Harley Quinn unless we first have an Arlene Sorkin. Welcome, Arlene Sorkin. You're
1: killing me. <laughs>
0: That's how we start, man. It was
1: so nice.
0: But it's so true. I'm, I can't even overplay. You know, there's nobody listening to this show going, rein it in, Kev. They all agree. You inspired somebody to not only create the character, then you voiced the character and gave it actual life. And that all came from, from you. So what we're going to do is. It
1: came from Paul calling Cull- Cull- in sick.
0: That that so is absolutely true. So that's the moral true.
1: of the story. If you don't feel well, stay in bed, watch TV. You might create a character that has, has the life that <laughs> Kevin is playing.
0: Take that. us to that. Take us. Take us. But we're going to get to that fateful moment. Okay. But how does it all begin? Where were you born?
1: I was born in Washington, Washington D.C.
0: Right in the district. Right
1: in the district of Columbia.
0: What did Mom and Dad do?
1: My father was a dentist. Mm-hmm. Who wanted to be in show business that thought there was no higher calling than show business my whole life? Um, when my joke about him is if I blew into a bottle and made a noise, he got me flute lessons. And this was true of all <laughs> of, of my two older brothers. When my eldest brother went to him and said, Dad, I wanna be a dentist. My father held his heart and said, But you play guitar, you can be a <laughs> singer in a copy out. I mean he did not want it.
0: He really believed he really in
1: it. thought that there was no higher calling.
0: Now, does that how does it manifest? Does he watch a lot of TV? Does he go to the movies? Is he a Broadway he, guy? He
1: loved movies. In fact, my father would not let us watch a movie more than once. Why? Because there are so many movies. I know you like play over and over again, cartoons. And, yeah. But he said, there's so much to see. And so, and in a way, How I have. How wonderful
0: to, is that? I have he was to right.
1: argue. He was right. But I have to say to everyone out there who's playing things over and over and over again for the kids, let them try to remember it. It's even better.
0: It's true. Like I was uh, thinking the other day, um, When I was a kid, we couldn't rewatch like I loved Star Wars. That was my right. Movie. right. But we couldn't rewatch it because we didn't have even VCRs at that point. Uh-huh. So you saw it in the movie theater as many times you could. Then you had to rely on your memory. But they did give us toys. And then we would reenact the movie. Books with toys, and
1: comic books. And, oh,
0: it kept it alive. But now kids can just and
1: play it over and over and over again, which is wow. Which, like, I come in, most parents don't want their kids watching TV. I just don't want them watching something they haven't seen before.
0: Right, right. Good point, I, man. I mean,
1: but it's it's a huge fight in in our house, and because
0: you, you got two boys,
1: one is seventeen and one is thirteen.
0: All right, so now they're of the sexy age yeah, and whatnot. Yeah,
1: they they have found girls in Facebook. So that's
0: that's how modern
1: like me so i'm ready
0: you gotta be hip mom man like at the end of the day you've got a cool job you know what i'm saying like you've done cool things but most of all you've got that you're that voice like did Mm -hmm. their friends always come over and be like do it do the voice
1: Uh, a little bit
0: not as much as i guess Uh, you didn't live in a geeky world
1: uh, i mean a little bit
0: what were your kids like athletes and shit they were like batman
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no! My kids like that. I mean, they they? they play the games. They you know, they think it's great, and they you know, Paul Dini on my my oldest son's when he was little, one of his birthdays, Paul Dini brought the the mystery car from S- Scooby, Scooby Doo, Doo to the mystery the house. machine. Oh mystery my god! Machine. And I, that- and he got to drive around in that for the night. How for his sweet. My I mean, Paul has been incredible.
0: All right, so you, you're born in the district. Your dad, he loves entertainment. Right. So that naturally programs you. Whatever the father loves, the, the daughter's going to love as well, usually. That's the way to the father's heart. I mean, my arc. father
1: loved history. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just loved, like, the big epics. I mean, he would not have – he didn't love comedies, whereas my mother – Love comedy. Is that right? Was, in fact, you know, I, I'm, I'm bragging a little. I mean, <laughs> I was, I, my mother's line in Picture Perfect got the biggest laugh of anything. When, when I was dating my husband, my mother said, so "When are you going to have a kid already?" And I said, "Don't worry, Mom. Chris is is freezing his sperm, and I am freezing my eggs, and it'll be fine." She said, I can't wait to tell the girls I'm gonna have a grand sickle. And <laughs> I put that in the in the script and it it was it was the most popular. line. It was the joke that we yeah.
0: played huge. the point in the trailer in the and the trailers, TV spots. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: So it was all my mother.
0: Um, okay, so mom loved the comedy. Dad was more about look at the Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. And mom was more like uh
1: My mom lo- loves uh you know all the comedians.
0: Right, right, know? right.
1: When she was here, she was just here. I was playing that that uh, David Steinberg show. What's it called? I don't even know. Escape But, in, but it's yeah. on Showtime. Right. It's about. You know, all the different comics talking about their process. It's good.
0: How your mom's still around?
1: Yeah, she's around she's hilariously funny. Sharp. She's so with it and sharp and funny. Where
0: is she when she's not here? Where's mom live?
1: Washington DC. Still? Yeah. She
0: never left all this time? No. Oh my god, how proud is she? She must always do my daughter's in show business.
1: Well, it does come up. <laughs> and a thing is that people say, you know, Arlene Sorkin, all my life, no one could say my name, but then Aaron Sorkin got big and suddenly Arlene Sorkin was a powerful, wonderful name. <laughs> so people say to me, Oh, you must be married to Aaron S- Sorkin. I go, no, no, I'm married to Christopher Lloyd. The, the actor, no, the writer. <laughs> I mean, I, I never get a fr- easy, but Sirkin is now a good name.
0: But he spreads it around. That we're name all
1: means. over the place.
0: Now, you... So, what about... In high school, do you start acting, or...?
1: Um, Not really.
0: No? no? When do you get... When do you decide to head toward it? What were you doing all through school?
1: I, I you know, going to Georgetown, pretending I was the mayor, and, and wearing, you know, hot platform shoes and tube tops.
0: So, you were the end of Greece, essentially?
1: Easily. <laughs> and then... And then I, I went to college and the person who actually was, you know, Scott Whitman from Smash, from Hairspray, Scott Mm -hmm. and Mark, Scott Whitman, Mark Shaman. Scott went to college with me and he said, um, he said, what are you going to be? And, you know, I proudly said, well, I'm going to, I'm majoring in theater and speech at Emerson College, and I felt very good about saying what I wanted to be. And then he looked at my legs and said, not with those legs, you're not. (laughs) And he put me in the next musical, and then that was really the beginning of my show business entertaining. But I guess, you know, I knew that I was going to do it because my father, you know, had said it my whole life.
0: There's no higher calling.
1: No higher calling. So I guess I kind of knew it, but it wasn't until Scott said that to me that I thought, ah, you know, there's no fighting it.
0: What was your favorite? Do you remember what you did back then and what you were into?
1: Well, I, I did my first musical was No, No, Nanette, and I, I have a letter from my father. Mm. Now he's gone now, but he wrote me then. I'm so happy I lived to see you and no, 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 no. So, my whole life, my father was dying.
0: You're going to make me cry.
1: But he lived to, to five years ago. I mean, it was. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but he, but he, I'm so happy I lived to see you and no, 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 no. no.
0: <laughs> And so he, no greater note no, that a kid could get I, I, from their ever, ever ever dying father until they eventually go
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so they eventually but he you know he's he was always threatening his demise to me so i <laughs> to get me to do what he wanted just I'm, like please before i'm sure, please, I'm before sure I, I made paul dini meet with him at, at, you know <laughs> us, my father pitched him i think he did he pitched him holly baba or something
0: holly baba i said like doing an all cartoon yeah, of Harley Quinn, ca- Harley yeah, I mean, Baba,
1: Harley, ba- Harley Baba.
0: Um. All right. So in college you start doing the shows, and then after college, what what does one do? How does one decide to get into entertainment at that point? Where you you were in a girl group of some sort? Yeah, well,
1: I was, I was in college. It was my last semester, mm-hmm. and uh, the head of the theater department came up to me and said, "What are you? What are you going to do?" And I said. I'm going to be a speech and act and theater teacher. I would, and I'm going to. I'm going to France. I said I'm going to spend some time in France. That's my plan as soon as I graduate. He said, "I think you should give it six months. Go to New York. If you don't get a job as an actress, then come back and be a teacher."
0: So they put, he, so he in probably
1: the he probably went around to every kid in the in the play and said the same thing. But I went, oh. like the head of my department <laughs> thinks I should try it.
0: Right, like so I've been tapped.
1: I've been tapped, so I did, and I went to New York and I worked right away. So yeah,
0: so, so, he, but, so maybe he, maybe you were the only person that
1: yeah, well, he or she will never know. I know. I we'll guess
0: was it he or she? It was he. Maybe he saw something. His name was
1: Leo Nicole, and I hope he's still alive. (laughs) Anyway,
0: all right. So you go to New York at Leo Nicole's suggestion, and what's what? What does one do? What kind of job are you looking for? Course, girl, are you looking for TV? Are you looking for what does one look for in New York at this point?
1: I I don't know that I had a big picture, you know, plan, right? That I knew I was going to pursue. Yeah,
0: in general. You're just like, look, I want to be in it. And
1: Scott Whitman had me uh, audition or be part of a comedy group that he put together called The High Heeled Women. Okay. And so I was part of an all-female comedy troupe.
0: So you guys are doing sketches and whatnot? sketches,
1: which was really... Tremendous fun,
0: and there's four, how many four or five? There were
1: five of us to be, to start.
0: And where'd you guys do shows?
1: Everywhere, Was I mean, road like we, road travel. Yeah, we but we played Carnegie Hall. Did we, you really? And we went to Italy. Oh whoa and,
0: whoa whoa whoa! Let's yeah. put the brakes. How you hit when you hit Carnegie Hall? You're. Fucking parents must have been beside themselves.
1: And and my father was...
0: Oh, my God. My
1: father was was like our manager. He had a stamp. Oh, so he knew you were... He had a stamp where he would sign our manager, Jackie Judd's name, but he would sign for her. Right. And he would send our stuff out all over the world to try to get us bookings and jobs. I'll never forget him walking down the boardwalk in Atlantic City, holding on to his (laughs) hairpiece as he was passing out our, our, you know brochures. Right. And but we worked. We were we worked at a club called Mickey's. Uh-huh. But I loved my partners. I thought they were brilliantly talented. And then one of them went on to be on TV and well, who's the one on TV? Uh, Cassandra Dance was mrs green thumbs on uh I guess it Cat was McCann Regis Rune? and Kathy Lee. Oh really? Like, yeah, that's what it was called then and, but you know she passed away and Mary Fulham runs the theater and uh, she's a big shot in theater in New York. And then Lisa Passero and, and Tracy Berg. I mean, they're, they're doing well. Everyone's
0: one um, on. Yeah. What ended it? When did it end?
1: Yeah. I, I came back and forth all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when, and I was in LA and I got a job and on the weekends, I would go home to do the show. But at a certain point.
0: It was just too much. It was too
1: much. Although I, I I was probably the first frequent flyer I knew. And I had a gold card. So it was worth it for that. For yeah,
0: because sure. you're going back and forth yeah, so much. Yeah, back and
1: forth so much. But it was a great time. It really was great. I recommend it to all of you who want to be actors. Put yourself on stage. Because I, I look back and I say that. I didn't wait for somebody to... Discover me right you know we kind of took
0: about a range yeah,
1: yeah but you know i i i didn't do it alone for sure but i'm saying that that when people say to me and i can't get my age to call i can't you don't have to wait for anybody right and i look at my entire career and i i say that you know my every script i sold that you know, you really have to. You know, don't be obnoxious about it. But, but
0: seize the reins. Why see, not? Yeah,
1: but what else? What else you got to do? You know, so, wait for somebody to tell you you got it. Got what it takes. Because they're
0: they're never going to turn around and give it to no. you.
1: No, and, and, and
0: you're not even saying force out of their hands. You're just saying like, why wait? Do it yourself. Yeah,
1: do it yourself. And I'll never forget when I was first on Days for Our Lives. I kept thinking they, you know, I was doing so well. I was on the cover of Soap Opera Digest. I kept thinking they were going to come to me and say, you're doing really well. We should pay you more. <laughs>
0: Sound I mean, naive that's, you. that's
1: how naive I was. Right. I, I thought that that's how it works.
0: Like it's a meritocracy yeah. where they're like, as good as you are, and you should get you more, should more money. You should get more money. It doesn't happen like that.
1: But that's, you know, I I would have played Harley Quinn forever and then cared about money. Right. And it was, it was actually, I might get in trouble. It was Andrew Romano that said, and I, don't, I didn't take a big raise, but she says, you've been doing this for 20, you know, whatever. She says, you've got to get more money.
0: Because <laughs> you never asked her a raise all that time? Right.
1: But, but I mean, that was, you know, probably 10 years ago.
0: Right, right, right. But
1: I'm honestly, you know, you talk about acting a job where well, you, know, you don't have to comb your hair and oh. you just talk.
0: And you get to be so expressive. You know, a lot of people on a lot of sets would rein it in. Be like, oh, bring it down. In those performances, Uh you get to be over the top. You get to be physically expressive. I don't think you like, can you slump in a chair and do Harley? No. You have to
1: honestly. The only time that I have not picked up my cues is watching Mark Hamill. Because I'm so mesmerized by his acting. He's the only one who stands it's like watching who who's who was considered the greatest Shakespearean actor ever I mean
0: Lawrence Olivier
1: maybe he he would like to be Mark Hamill I
0: don't
1: know know that he is um
0: all right so how did so when when the girl group thing broke up is that were you on days or lives is that years later
1: I mean, I I got I was on a sitcom called Duet, okay, and uh and so between that and Days of Our Lives, and I was trying to be a writer, and you know,
0: so that at the same time, you're like, I want to why why wait for a script? I'm gonna write some days. Yeah, I'm scripts, gonna write
1: well.
0: it. Um, so you're doing that and developing the acting talent, in the same, right. and acting talent takes you to days of our lives which is a sitcom a, a, a soap opera that's Obama. been on the air for at that point what year did you do you remember when you joined them they've Dude, been on for that, a while
1: this is why i stink at, at, dates. at dates and they've names. been
0: on this goes back to days of our lives like i want to say goes back to like 71 or something like that 70 1975 they they were the first they went from a half an hour to an hour long right it's been an incredibly popular uh, soap opera that's one of the only soap operas left today still on air you know they started chasing soap operas off to the internet but days of our lives still still, it's there. still there
1: but i put every, everything's hurting i mean Everything. i used to love uh, when mcdonald Carey, you know he, would he was also, the voice yeah, of yeah, he uh, like say, sands to the hourglass so this is mcdonald Carey, and these the days so he said that kids thought he was saying this is my dumb old carrot and these are the days of our lives so people go (laughs) my dumb old carrots here!" i mean so excited he loved that people misunderstood what he was saying (laughs) but it's funny how everything you know in my career it all worked out right until i could tell but i mean (laughs) i went on a a days of our lives cruise with mcdonald Carey. okay and and uh, and he started to sing a song that he had sung, you know, I guess in his b- Broadway days right, before. Right,
0: when he was a showman.
1: Now, I knew every lyric to that song because badly I had auditioned for a musical in New York and the singing teacher had me learn the song and I sang it, you know, next. <laughs> I sang it that well. Right. I, but yet on this cruise for days of our lives, he started singing, my ship, my ship has sails that are made. Huh? Uh-uh, keep you know
0: going, keep going, keep going. I'm keep not, going, going
1: for <laughs> Anyway, so he, so I knew all the words. It's like I thought, oh, that was a good thing. Right. I didn't get the part 20 years ago, or whatever, I was 10, right. but he, but I could sing it with McDonald Carey on that cruise. And what's so funny for me about that particular audition was that I had, Auditioned for a musical, you know, they, they I made it through all the cuts and then they said come back and sing a ballad. And as I was taking off my galoshes in the winter of New York, I I remember that I I something said to him, Don't sing it, <laughs> don't sing it. And so I go in the room with the whole lineup of all the big shots, and I'm standing in the middle, and I have to go over to the piano player and show them. And I said, I I put the sheet music in front of him. This is going to be my ballad. And then I go back and I stand in my spot. Don't sing it in my head. Don't do it. So I go back to the piano player. I say, play Take Me Out to the Ball game really slow. <laughs> and so I sang it like it was a death march, you know. You
0: sang Take Me Out take to the Take
1: me out to the... Whatever. Right. Anyway. Of course, I don't. Next, and so I go outside <laughs> at the door, and I'm putting my boots back on. And suddenly, this person walks by me, goes into the same audition, and I hear my ship has sailed. The most beautiful, not like that, but like <laughs> the most beautiful voice singing my ship. I mean, what are the chances?
0: And it was was it him?
1: It, it was, it wasn't McDonald's Care. It, was, it was, it was Christine Ebersaw singing with the most incredible voice right. my ship has. So, so that day I said, I have a voice in my head that's, that will always ward me. <laughs> and then when I was singing my ship with McDonald's Carey, I said, that's why I learned that song. So it kind of all worked out. And I'm telling symmetry. the story. It's boring. I'm sure.
0: Not at all. There's symmetry. It connected. you connected it, it all. I
1: connected Good.
0: Um, all right, so on Days of Our Lives, uh, you played who was what was the character's name? Was um I
1: played Calliope.
0: Calliope. Calliope Jones or Calliope Calli- Jones. Now you're you, But you, I
1: married Bradford, so I was Calliope Jones. Bradford it, actually my husband was John DeLancey and right. he was on Star Trek. Oh my he god. He played Q. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So wait a second. Uh, you that that's the soap opera that had like Deidre Hall was in it. Yeah, and she was was her character's name. It's an M. Marlena. Marlena, that's it. Marlena. What? A, and then there later on, I think I want to say it was like the nineties or something. It was the Bo and
1: Hope, Hope era. If you've got your lined, all you had to do was say "Where's Bo and Hope?" and it always fit. <laughs> so it didn't matter.
0: That's anywhere. Where's
1: Bo and Hope? Killed a little bit of time.
0: Were yeah. you comic relief on the show mostly? I was. Flat uh, out?
1: Flat out comic relief. I mean, they would actually put in the scripts punchline actress's choice, which you're not allowed to do. But back then, I was totally encouraged. And if I heard the cameraman go, <laughs> I knew it was working.
0: Like if, he, if you can make the cameraman <laughs> chuckle?
1: Like if I could make him <laughs> You just have a little nasal release. Right. Now I know I must be doing something.
0: That was a guffaw. That, yeah. that was massive.
1: That was huge.
0: Now, um, is a gig like that, how many days a week you shoot?
1: You know, you could work five days. You could work three days. You could work one day.
0: It, it's based on how they write you into it's it. It's right. yeah. And in the whole time, when you, I would imagine a creative mind like yourself, not content to just sit there and act. You're sitting there going, oh, I can write this. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I should be doing this. So, you're probably working on that at the same time?
1: Well, I I worked with a woman who's a writer, Beth Milstein. Uh-huh. And I said to her, well, yeah, We should do a spec. And it was a spec Golden Girls. And we got like, our first sold our first script.
0: Get out of here. Yeah.
1: So- I mean, but, but again, I, mean, I don't know. It's like I kept sending that first script. You know, to a friend of someone that I knew when I was in junior high, who uh-huh. came out here, became a big shot CA agent. And I kept sending it to him and sending it to him. And he kept saying, it's not funny enough. It's not funny enough. And I kept thinking, I don't know a lot, but I know what's funny. So I, I finally got frustrated and I s- asked his assistant to send it on anyway, right? which is, which my husband, if you, was horrified when I told them the story. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that anybody ever do anything like it. Right. But it worked. It paid off for
0: me. And, and so if somebody finally read it and said, like, hey, man, this is the yeah, goods.
1: this is good. So I got, you know.
0: So suddenly you're spinning another plate, not just acting. Suddenly, hey, you're a writer as well.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like your life. You did, uh, you did a little bit of everything. You get
0: bored sitting around waiting for, you yeah. know. like It's like you said, man, like, they're never going to hand it to you. So when you're lucky enough to get in on something, um, sometimes, you know, you're not you're not uh playing constantly. So you're sitting there by the sidelines going, like, boy, well, I'd like to do something else. And instead of just watching or killing time in a trailer, more creative people are like, you know what, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this. And it's not because like you're better or something, it's just because you're you're bored. You're like, why sit around and be bored when I can kind of occupy myself and I see other people like for me, it's always like. I see other people doing it. They're not geniuses. They're no smarter than me. Like if they're doing it, why don't I give it a shot? Well,
1: that's, uh, I, I, I don't know that I had that thought. You mm. know, I can do this. Right. But, uh, you know, I, because I could do it, I felt I had to do it. You know, anything I think I could do, you know,
0: worth I, a shot. I instance.
1: have to try. Right. But I think there's something to be said for focusing on one thing and being really great at it. Because I can't say that I'm really great at anything, but I'm I'm good at, you know, being employed.
0: Right. But that, isn't that what matters at the and, end of the day? Yeah. There are people who have been brilliant at one thing. And have died starving, <laughs> penniless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I'd rather be you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Is okay. f- well, fun you, thing. you
1: can join my fictitious company, ADD
0: Productions. <laughs> I'm in. All right, so you, you're you working on uh, Days of Our Lives. Is this where Paul sees sees you? He's homesick? Yeah,
1: home he's homesick. Home he's watching Days of Our Lives. Paul
0: Dini, the, who yeah, we spoke to on episode one. who went to
1: Emerson College.
0: He also went to yeah. Emerson? Oh, and, my God. And
1: he sees the sketch. You know the scene on days where all of us are dressed up as as uh, you know fairy tale characters, and I was dressed up as a court jester. In fact, I still have. I was looking for them before I came. I thought I'd give them to your daughter. I had the underpants that I wore in that scene had a little moon on the back, as I shot them a moon. Right. I couldn't.
0: Oh, Lord. And plus, you got that's that belongs. I feel like Indiana Jones that belongs in a museum.
1: Okay. I started a website. Okay. So it's called www.comeseemystuff.com. Okay. And it really comes from I'm not a brilliant collector. I like I collect anything that appeals to me. I mean, I remember when I went to Mark Campbell's house with, with Charlie Wessler, he took me over there and I couldn't get over his collection right and i thought you know what it's some he. the world should know about this collection so penny your neighbor yeah
0: penny marshall lives right is, up the street is on
1: my website and she is the most amazing collector if she met you and she saw the you know she you guys would hit it all. so
0: what is it what is the spell it's come c-o-m-e it's,
1: it's www.com see my stuff
0: that is genius. And so it's just like uh it's like, hey man, I'm we're gonna tour in here. Here's some pictures yeah. of this stuff. Here's pictures so of this. So we
1: have, you know, Penny collects sports memorabilia, collect but she collects everything, but she's brilliant at it. Right. I mean it's it's not like a half-assed collection. It's like, you know, if she's gonna collect little animals with scarves on their head because they have a toothache, she's got <laughs> A hundred of them, and each one is more fabulous
0: than, than the next. Oh yeah. my god, that's awesome! All right, so Paul's sitting there, and he's watching the episode where all the characters on Days of Our Lives are dressed like fairy tale characters. You're dressed like a court jester, uh-huh. and are you doing a voice that's remotely close, or no?
1: No, I'm. I'm You're doing, just doing your voice. I'm doing my, but probably people are going to say? She sounds just like, but but hardly is different than the way I sound. Very much so, of course. uh,
0: I was delighted by, I got an intercom system on my house. Uh, When you come to my house, you press a button, and you answer phone in the house and and, uh, you say hello. And the person's talking into a box downstairs. And so when I said hello, I heard on the other end, uh, it's Holly Quinn. And oh my God, it was chilling. It was so wonderful, man. You never, if only what a perfect world it would be. I mean, scary. Uh, albeit, you don't want the you know Harley Quinn showing up at your house for real. But what a perfect world it would be if like that she existed, just uh. like that, just when the doorbell rang. I wouldn't let her in because no. she's fucking nuts. But you know, still the hearing. out sat that
1: was, up there an hour
0: <laughs> I was like, she's scary. Um. Okay, so that is the moment he sees Arlene's performance, sees her in that outfit, and he start it starts the genesis for what'll be the character. And then, you know, he teams up with Bruce Tim and, and kind of says, as he told us the story, he drew a sketch of it. And Bruce was like, never draw again. And then uh, Bruce drew it. And then that boom, suddenly that I look for it. So for him to actually wind up getting you, the person who inspired it do the voice, how does this happen? What's I, the connection there?
1: He just called me. I think I said, you know, yes, actually I'm friendly with Terry Carr and she's, she says it's called show business for a reason. You know, she believes that you. you know, so the, it wasn't like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I should do right. it. It was it. It was and is the greatest job ever.
0: And then at the same time, even though it's a business, you're the one that didn't ask for a raise for like no, 10 years. I didn't. Not a good business Not person. Not a good business
1: person.
0: But you do it with your heart. You yeah. do it because you love it. Now, when you were when you go for the recording sessions, like Andrea Romano's there she, all the time.
1: I think she's brilliant. I mean, brilliant.
0: Now, explain what makes a casting or voice. What is what is her exact title? What makes that job? How does how is one brilliant at it?
1: You know, like she gives you. A germ of what it, of what you need to know. Okay. And whatever germ she feeds you for me, um, I can't speak for everybody else, but for me, it was the always the perfect germ of where to go.
0: So she'll come in, you're at a mic or she's on the other side of the glass and she'll say, uh, in this episode or for this, uh, w- Harley's sad that, you know, the Joker is this way. And then you're like, got it. And then you interpret. Yeah. It. Your man is a—he's a pro. He's in the business. Yeah. Well, yes, he's uh, uh, Arlene's and husband. He's someone
1: who believes in doing one thing really well. That's a that focus. Focus. He has not a drop of ADD in his whole body.
0: And because of that, this dopey loser has he, been involved with Frazier exactly. and Modern Family. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he's very, very successful. And like she said before, there's Chris. Her husband's name's Christopher Lloyd. It was funny. I guess Paul was living at the house that you guys had because yeah. when he would call it would come across on the phone as christopher lloyd and you would look at the phone and be like doc brown's calling here oh, and they pick up the phone and it was paul and it was because he was staying at your place i guess the uh okay so when so did that even though he's a dude that lo- you know uh, loves to focus on one thing as opposed to spin a bunch of plates what was his take on the voice was like, oh, that's just something.
1: Like he's a man of, f- I feel like I could I could be the character in The King and I and, and sing. He may not always say what you would have him say, but every once in a while he'll say something wonderful. <laughs> I, you know, I, I knew from him, because he's a man of few words, that, that whatever I was doing was entertaining, good, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, he doesn't. I always say he spreads himself thick. Like he doesn't, he, he doesn't, thick. he doesn't compliment you. And but, but what he says, he means. And when he did tell me, I knew.
0: Now, what about your dad? When you said your dad only died about five years ago, so he was around yeah, for the Yeah, well,
1: when I was an extra, right? My father would say you were the whole show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in this instance, when you were, when I was the, the whole, whole show.
1: show, yeah, but you know. I'm sure he was saying, "Why isn't she on camera?" I mean, he th- <laughs> it was never good enough for him. But,
0: biggest fan in know, the world, biggest
1: fan. But he, you know, he, he you know, I, I, saw, if it had been a historical cartoon, he would have loved it more. I think <laughs> he was—he's was not into superheroes, right? I do. Yeah. Lords Arabia, it was a superhero.
0: In a, yeah, it just and, was, a, and he had a cape for heaven's yeah, sakes.
1: for God's sakes.
0: <laughs> and he also covered his f- yeah. face with a mask. And no prisoner sounds like a very superheroic call to arms. Um, there, I saw at one point. Was your? Did you write a Tiny Toons adventure as well?
1: Thanks to Paul Beanie.
0: You worked on Tiny Toons. Mm-hmm. What is that like to write? A, like one of those cartoons? Heavens.
1: It was so much fun. It's
0: just wacky, right? Yeah. And did you have to? Did you know the universe? Did you watch the cartoons? Yeah. So you were like enough to be like, I'm going to take a role. at run it on Myra.
1: I was partners with Beth, and Beth, you know, she watched everything much more. You know, remembering who's who and what's what. And
0: you're the gag person.
1: And yeah, I I I don't have great retention. So (laughs) with my kids in school, and they do have it, I'm like.
0: Where they get it.
1: Well, I know they got it from Chris. They
0: got it from the guy who spreads it, right. thick,
1: it, spreads it thick.
0: Which sounds so dirty, but, yeah, but, it, but was touching when you yeah. said it at the same time. I'm going to, I like it. It's, I've never heard that expression. The, uh, now, did you ever go out and, and, uh, meet, greet the public? People who are like, wow, it's Harley Quinn. You must have a public oh. from days of our lives, which is almost as fanatical as the public for Harley Quinn, just older, different age range.
1: I remember going to a mall and, Someone saying, "You're you're Harley Quinn! Oh my God! 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 You've got to talk to my daughter." So she brows her daughter, puts her in the phone, and I, on the other side, I hear, "Oh my
0: God! Oh my God!" Oh my God. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, it's it's very sweet. I mean, this, I can't imagine not being complimented by it, but I guess you know. It's for some people, it's not like when Andy Rooney would say, don't bother me when I'm eating. Right. But, but in a way, I, you know, you have to respect that too.
0: Yeah. But it, there's all there's a time and place, but, but the passion comes to, I mean, look, if somebody recognizes you for a voice from sight without you saying a word, you got probably definitely be like, hello fan. That's like Paul Dini. He Paul Dini is the Uber fan, the original OG Harley Quinn <laughs> fan. <laughs>
1: But when I meet someone, and I tell them that we that I know Pauldini or that I could call him that like, you could call Pauldini I mean, <laughs> yes, I could
0: what uh did you ever write any Harley stuff?
1: When I was on duet, okay. I played the misfit maid okay. housekeeper, and I went to the showrunners and I pitched the idea that the sh- the the character I played geneva. Uh, got from, did, they didn't cut her tag off at the store, and she got arrested for shoplifting. Okay, they looked at me like, "Are you insane?" Like, what actor ever pitches a storyline? I mean, like, it was like it was. I don't want to say farted on the radio, but
0: <laughs> you can.
1: It was though I did right, and then I told Paul about it, and he made it into a brilliant Harley Quinn episode. Is wasn't it called Hartley's Holiday? Yes.
0: Oh my God, that's right. right.
1: He wasn't thinking that like, I'm out of line. How terrible! He thought yeah, he made it into something a hundred times better than I ever thought of. But he took the germ of it and made it into something.
0: You are truly that guy's muse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in a big bad way. He forever he's got a connection with you like the things you do and say inspires him he's like i'm gonna put this in here i'm gonna put this in here it's so rare that you ever get to meet the basis for a character and and also that the character that the basis for that character continues to inform that character throughout its development
1: did he tell you about say that we're sweethearts again that song
0: no what is it
1: we we were Coming back from a recording session, it was the middle of the riots in L.A., and I started, I just to break up, I mean, my voice will not be pleasant. It's just I can sing a song, and I thought I'd get his mind off the fact that we were going to die soon. So I started singing <laughs> Say That We're Sweethearts Again, and Paul put it in the show. Really? And he had Harley sing it. Remember she sang a... I never knew our romance was over until you poisoned my food. You're right. That song was from the 30s.
0: And because you sang in I the sang car, I sang
1: in the car. He got the rights to it and put it in the show. Oh my
0: God, you are his muse. So
1: man. I, I've been very fortunate that he's that he, he doesn't roll his eyes.
0: No, he's listening. He's, he's listen, always he, listening. He's Listening. Do you have artwork in the house? Do you have a Harley Quinn? Anything? Yes,
1: I do. I do. I do.
0: Frame things and stuff. But,
1: but I, I, I probably never would have started any kind of collection if it wasn't for paul because he would get it for me and now you know people come over i have that that um piece of art where you push a button and it moves
0: yeah yeah, Do you yeah, have yeah. One of those? yes and, back in the yeah. oh my god i did the animatic thing yeah. you press it, and ah, yes yeah. that the warner brothers store yeah. did i spent so much money in that store i think they stayed open as long as they did on my back alone, because <laughs> I would buy every print that came through, every animated seer Batman So where do you
1: print.
0: keep it all? Heart, well, it hung forever in Harley's room. You know, Harley.
1: And then she finally said, enough!
0: Well, finally, one day she was just like, you know what, I'm going to keep, well, first it was like we had the Harley pieces and the Supergirl pieces, every female character in the DCU and then she limited it to just the harley pieces she's like i get it my name's harley so this this is totally cool by me and now it's still like you go in a room and there's the marionette and there's the dolls and when she was born we uh we gave the statue that the warner brothers store did the first harley maquette remember they did the standalone maquette characters and we bought like 400 of those and gave them out to all our friends as like a birth announcement kind of nice yeah. I, well, I mean, it's 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 funny. Like Harley was up here before before we started recording. Uh, she grabbed some drinks from downstairs because she was on her way to the to uh, our room. And I said, "Hey, can you grab some ice tea?" And then she brought it up, and there was this wonderful weird moment of Harley and Harley. But your performance, according to Mark, took it from a uh, nameless character in background, Joker henchwoman, to her own character. Like the strength of that performance brought the, brought the character back and then gave the character a name. And then now, you know, exists not just in that cartoon from, from almost 20 years back, but now from in, in every aspect of the Batman mythos. And that all comes from one person. I know it's like, you'll never appreciate it because you're not geeky enough, but to be the, to be the force, not just the force that starts that in motion, but continues with the life of it. And gives it, it, nurtures it, and makes it thrive. That's that's impressive. And that was a character that was so easy to fall in love with right away, man. You were just, you know, it's tough to introduce a Batman fan to a new character right away. You're just like, who the hell do you think you are to introduce like, a new character? This universe is fine to introduce a character and and have it stick. Doubly impossible. A female character. Come on, man. The impossibility, like Ann Solo or the C3PO7 star is like a billion of one, whatever. It's like uh, navigating an asteroid field. And you, that's the trifecta. You did it, man. You took it from not just memorable performance, uh, to, Hey, this character is now going to be part of this universe, but now this female character is going to be a part of this. That, that's, that's impressive. That all comes from a little girl from Washington, D.C. Right. who just wanted to impress her dentist dad. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day.
1: It's very nice to hear you talk because I, I know I don't think about it. Of
0: course you don't. Nobody ever does when, when they're at the center of something really important. You know, it's just like, Oh, it's a job. Like you said before, show business, but that it, it impacts so much so that, like I said, like I got a kid. There's a human being walking around with that character's name, like, you know, and it was all based on a moment where a sick dude on a couch is just like, is that lady wearing a moon on her pants? <laughs> It's it's weird. You want to talk about the, the the kind of synchronicity or how things connect? Yeah. It's you're a powerful force for change. You know what I'm saying? I, That's
1: I'd like that.
0: It's true though. It's it's true. You're a powerful force for change, and and of course you are in your personal life. You've created human beings. You know, you're married and whatnot, and you have a family. But it, everybody can get married and have a family. Well, not everybody, but anybody could have the opportunity to if they want to to create something as big as you did that's going to live as long as it is, that's, you know how many people get to do shit like that? Very few. You're in a very exclusive club. You're like a fucking astronaut.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I think I'm too big to talk.
0: (laughs) I want you to go home to your man and be like, fuck modern family. I'm the man in this family. You know what I did? That fat dude just told me what I did.
1: All right, I will. I'll tell him.
0: How many years you've been married now?
1: We've been together a long time. It's over twenty years. Wow! And I, but we had our kids before we were married, mm-hmm. and my mother always calls him her son-in-law.
0: Oh, that's cute. So you guys had the kids out of wedlock, and then yeah. you decided to get and married.
1: Then we said, "For my husband, you know, you get married, you you know, buy a couch, you die." Like he thought. I know that he thought. Since we're mixing up the order, he'll trick
0: life, right? I I see his name almost every night of my life because there's a series of shows that we me and my wife watch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we're we go through, you know, months where it's just like, okay, now we're watching Frazier from season 1 to the end. So mm-hmm. I see his name all the time and all those shows, man, they fit like a like a blanket. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you they're, they're they're the the highest honor I can pay in entertainment in this world is that I love it so much and I've watched it so much that it can lull me to sleep. And some people go like, what do you mean? It's boring. (laughs) No, it means that it's so ingrained in you that you can do the dialogue and whatnot. And that's what Frazier is. So many of those episodes, Hmm. like he's got a name that, you know, he'll forever be fighting, you know, the other guy for, but he, I'm always impressed by people that write sitcoms because that has to stand the test of time. You know, yeah. like my flicks, you make a flick yeah, and people watch it once, twice. If you're lucky, they watch it 20 times over a, a lifetime or something like that. Sitcom is on constant rotation. You're going to see the episode multiple times a year. It always has, it has to, stand to stand up. Yeah. And they do. That show particularly really stands up. He's done quality work. I haven't, my, my wife and daughter and everyone in this house loves Modern Family. I haven't seen a single episode yet because I'm in a more creative space right now where I just want to make things. Yeah, right. But every, you got everyone else in this house. They all watch that show, man. It's crazy. And you were on for you weren't you on the last episode yeah, of Frasier? I yes, I was. But you were weren't you? If I remember correctly, the Frasier lore, because again, I'm a fan. The you the whenever they did the call in, you were the person who actually did the call in with Kelsey. Is that right?
1: I mean I occasionally the casting director would ask me to do a column but I was always replaced.
0: Oh and they replace you with some actor. With
1: real quality, real star quality. You know, but hardly People like her. Oh so I'm God. very proud of that character. You should. It's but you. But hearing you talk about it, it makes me even prouder.
0: I wax rhapsodically, but trust me, man. Have you ever, if you've probably been to comic book shows or whatnot. You go to conventions, stroll the floor, man, and people throw roses at ah, your feet.
1: The maquette thing that you were talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I was once. I could think in the Warner Brothers store, and they wanted me to sign the bottom of the maquette. And I turned it over and knocked the ear off. Yes, they
0: were very delicate, the ears.
1: Oh, my God. And the man was so upset. I said, I'll buy you another one. He said, no. I came three hours early to find the best one. I said, they're all exactly this. Defended (laughs) that I would imply that each macket didn't have its own personality. Right. I couldn't make it up to him.
0: Yeah, I would say that, that comic fans take the cake for geekiness.
1: Oh, my god! So
0: opera fans probably wouldn't give a crap about <laughs> breaking their maquettes. <laughs>
1: you, you, tell them about my website for collectors. Do
0: it again. Do it okay, again.
1: I have a website called com
0: Where you can see. Whose stuff's on it right now?
1: Oh, I'm sure Paul Dini's stuff. I've cart- lots of comic book stuff. Mm. I have... Uh, Penny Marshall stuff mm-hmm. which is I talked about that Terry Gar's stuff
0: right uh, it, a lot
1: of people you gotta look at it
0: I will man I'll throw my stuff on there man it's just would, what is it I would die if it's you just put a- a bunch of pictures. It's just
1: pictures you love. So you have it. Oh,
0: I'm such a share whore. Anyway, uh, like I, I share. See, I things. have
1: no clue how to do all of that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll definitely. Promise I'll, happily, me. You in a heartbeat. Are you okay. kidding me? Look at all the art on these walls. I, I love to share, all right.
1: and that way people could say, "Oh, look at this guy. Oh my God."
0: And also, I'd be next to Penny Marshall. Uh, would
1: you say. would be.
0: That's cool. I mean, literally online, as in life,
1: as in life, she <laughs> has to meet you.
0: I pass her house all the time, so I walk. She the would love the you. I know I want to have her in one day to check because she's she directed big. Yeah. And, as my look and, and as well as League of Their Own, like all these flicks that I would love to be like, Oh my God, let's talk. Cause I do this other director show, uh, called Movie Makers where I talk to filmmakers and stuff. But yeah, I, I would love to hook oh. that up. I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating, man. It's so rare that anybody adds anything new to the matrix ever, man. And you were an integral part of the genesis for the seed for, and you carried it through. You nurtured it. An important character to so many people who like this universe of characters, a Batman characters You brought a little color to a very dark night world, man. And that's all because of your personality and whatnot. So for, from me, from every bat fan on the planet, we thank you for listening to your father. There is no higher calling.
1: There is no heart. Higher- no, well, but you could say a life, but. Yeah.
0: Yeah, whatever. Anybody can do that.
1: Anybody can
0: do that. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've been listening to me talk to the great Arlene Sorkin. Give it up for her. Without her, there is no Harley Quinn.
1: Thank you very, very much.
0: That's going to do it for this week on Fat Man on Batman. But next week, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to sit down with the guy that put the art to my words, man. I wrote two Batman series, Cacophony and The Widening Gyre, both for DC Comics and my good friend, Walter Flanagan drew them both. He's been a lifelong Batman fan. He put me back onto Batman when I was about 18 years old. Loved Batman as a kid. Put Batman down in high school and stuff because I was so busy trying to get pussy. Had no idea that Batman can help you get pussy. Batman's so damn cool. There's nothing Batman can't do. And I'm going to sit down and talk about that very same thing with Walt Flanagan um, right here, man. If you want to prepare for that episode, if you're not familiar with our Batman uh, work for DC, because we've been talking about the animated series so far, and everybody knows that. But some cats might be like, I never read your fucking Batman books, man. You can pick them up at jandsilentbob.com slash comicbooks.html, man. If you buy the Widening Gyre or the Cacophony trade paperback or soft cover there, Walter draws inside the book, man. You can get a book drawn on by a motherfucker we're going to be talking to next week, the mighty, mighty Walt Flanagan uh, comic book men. AMC's comic book men's Walt Flanagan, but also my friend Walt Flanagan and my uh, artist, uh, my my partner, if you will, partner in crime or in stopping crime on Batman Cacophony and Batman The Widening Gyre, the two DC series that we did together that we're going to be talking about next week here on Fat Man on Batman. Same bat time, same bat channel, smodcast.com. This has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip only at smodcast.com.